Welcome to Jabberwocky Audio Theatre. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Visit our website at jabberaudio.com slash support to learn more or go to patreon.com slash team jabberwocky. The following audio theater is rated ADPG, so parental guidance is suggested. There has always been a gray area between the just and the unjust, the lawful and the lawless, a nebulous region where the trappings of authority share little crossover with a course of justice, and where those who attempt to shine light into the dark recesses of power are often the least expected. April 2011. Deeply indebted poker player Jimmy Harmon is desperately trying to evade the clutches of his investor, shady Las Vegas gangster Victoria Salkovich. After coming up short in his attempts to restore his bankroll by calling in old debts, he moves quickly to leave town. But his plans are stopped cold when his friend Will Archer goes to get Harmon's car. Jesus Christ, what the hell was that? Was that for real? Sounded like that was right in the garage. Oh my God, smoke, this is real. Oh crap, Will was just... No, that, that can't be. My car? Oh, Jesus, Will. Brought in for questioning by the Las Vegas police, Harmon finds his fears exacerbated by the warnings of unconventional homicide detective Ben Marshall. Now, whoever did this will try again, especially since they're trying to make some kind of statement. Wait, what do you mean by statement? Not to be morbid, but there are any number of ways to kill someone quietly, quickly, and surprisingly easily. <laughs> Seriously, I can make a list. Do you want a list? I mean, there was this one guy who, uh, we did this, uh, never mind, but a car bomb. Well, that's pretty far down on that list. You go to that much trouble? Killing itself is at best your secondary priority. Reluctant to reveal his suspicions for fear that Sulkovich has her hands deep into the police department, Harmon leaves, only to find himself face to face with the very woman toward whom all evidence of the attempt on his life points. We need to talk, James. Now! Get in the car, poker boy. Jabberwocky Audio Theatre presents Quorum, The Gambler's Tale. Tonight's presentation, Outstanding Debts. Episode 4. All right, Victoria. You got me. So start talking. James, I have no desire to get you, as you say. Would you like a drink? A little early, isn't it? Eh, such rules are for people who have more conventional schedules. Yes? Yeah, I guess that's true enough. All right. I'm not sure I trust someone who will not have a drink. No? I find they worry too much about their self-control. With you, now I do not worry so much. In any case, you will find this much better than the governor they are stocking back at the limelight. I'm no expert, but I'll take your word for it. I got the distinct feeling that Victoria was stalling. Or if not stalling, then building her resolve. Either way, if something had her scared, I was worried. I think we're clear, boss. To be honest, I was glad for the drink. Up till now, I'd been surprisingly calm. But now? Now I was shaking like a leaf. I guess the adrenaline rush had worn off, and I was crashing. Hard. When it was going on, it felt like... like it was happening to someone else. And I was just watching. It felt so fast. 
But now that I was finally sitting back, I kept replaying it in my head, like it was in slow motion. Like the consequences of it all had finally caught up with me. Still, I had to play the person opposite me, so as hard as it was, I put my game face back on. Ah, yes, much better. Now you seem to believe I am behind the unfortunate matter of your vehicle. That's one way to put it. Another might be killing my friend while trying to kill me. You know, why quibble? You gonna tell me your goons didn't plant the bomb? I am not. I suspect one of them did exactly that. Well, that's... I actually have no response to that. I will say this was not done on my word. After recent events, ours must seem like days. But do, do you remember what I said to you at our last meeting? I remember Laughing Boy Crick up there in the driver's seat doing a drumbeat on my stomach. And then his buddy Watson trying to use me for target practice. You know, forgive me if the rest is a little fuzzy. It is about Mr. Watson I wish to speak. But first I need to be reassuring you I do not wish you dead. Funny way to show it, Victoria. This is not 1960s, James. Perhaps you think little of me, but I am a businesswoman. I will admit to an affinity for the old methods, but I do not go around killing people. Or having them killed. That's comforting. Not sure I buy it, but comforting. Ah, even so, it would not make sense. You owe me a substantial sum, James. As I said last night, this money I intend to recover. And the likelihood of that diminishes much on your death. I very much wish you alive and well. Really? Well? Ah, well enough, shall we say. Okay, your logic is... All right, it makes sense enough. For the moment, I'll table that. So what's so important that you needed to grab me off the street? I am of the belief that following your departure, Mr. Watson decided to take more direct action. Him taking shots at me seemed pretty damn direct. As I say, more direct. Muscle-bound tool decides on his own to go plant a bomb in my car? Initiative seems a bit out of character for him. You know, from what I've seen. You would be surprised. He can be resourceful, as can Mr. Crick, but no... I believe he was acting on someone's order. Now you sound conspiratorial. Maybe I was assuming a bit, but still, I could see you having it in for me. But other than that, while I've ticked off a few people in my time, I don't make any of them for car bomb types. On top of that, pretty much nobody else even knew I was at the limelight. It is a good thing not to have people wanting to kill you. Enjoy it. Me, I am not always so fortunate. Wait, someone's trying to kill you? That's what this is all about. Well, actually, that does make more sense. To kill me or make things uncomfortable? Enough that I am made to disappear. I believe you were a simple target of opportunity. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Think on the timing of events. I did not know you were at the hotel until you were seen last night. Crick and Watson were promptly sent to retrieve you. Yeah, I got that much. After which we spoke, then you went on your way. No thanks to your brute squad. You were gone for perhaps four hours, yes? I guess so, more or less. Your point being... I can say that Mr. Crick was with Mr. Watson for two hours of that time. Which would leave Mr. Watson with, let us say, two hours to find your vehicle, obtain an explosive device, and install it. Have to take your word for all that. One does not go to the store and pick such an item from the shelf, James. No, the device had to already be here. And for the most ready to go, needing just to be installed. And how long would that take? Ha! <laughs> You think little of my past, but believe me or no, I do not have direct experience in such matters. I suspect the time to be close, but possible, yes? All assuming Watson is our guy in the first place. Mr. Watson has gone missing since Mr. Crick was last in his company. That, along with his overzealous pursuit of you, and some suspicion I have had as to his loyalty, leaves me confident of his betrayal. Okay, I'm sure someone of your renown might have made a few enemies, but that gets us nowhere if you don't know who it is that's trying to kill you. Ah, 
You arrive at the point, direct. I have strong suspicions. Are you familiar with Abdul Hazred? Benny Hazred? What, you're saying the owner of the Royal Oasis is trying to have you whacked? Isn't he like a bazillionaire? Just on the cover of Forbes last summer? I mean, no offense, but you're getting an overinflated opinion of your reputation. Surprised if he's even heard of you. A theatrical term, whacked. But you are moving ahead. I do not suspect Benny Hazred, as you say. Not directly. But it would seem he leads investors seeking to purchase the limelight. Yeah, I think Will said something about that before he, uh... Well, before. I think his exact words were, uh, supposed to be a bunch of big-time investors coming through this week. And then he mentioned Hazred. Your memory serves you well. And yet, curiously, you claim the flawed recollection of our discussion. I'm a poker player. Observation, math, and memory are tools of the trade. And my memory's damn fine so long as people aren't shooting at me. As you say. For my own reasons, I am not positioned to relinquish my stake in the hotel. Not yet. Good laundry is hard to come by. Laundry. You are trying to make a dirty laundry joke, I think. Uh, that or money laundry. Mm. I work with what I've got. Other than Hazred, the list of investors looking at the hotel is... I am Nitsa. Secret. I am not even certain of Hazred. But with him, my sources are more confident. Still, I believe someone in this group is intent on ensuring my position is weakened. By any means necessary. So let me see if I'm following. One of these shady investors, who you don't really know, is going after you for your share in the Limelight Hotel. Aren't you being a little paranoid there? People killing each other for a business deal? Even in Vegas, I think that's a little more in your world than theirs. <laughs> your innocence is refreshing. Paranoia is a valuable survival tool. Still, I agree this is very unusual. My share in the hotel is... miniscua. Enough for me to exert influence where necessary. But not to be of such consequence. Still, it would seem the most likely explanation. At least from your perspective, I guess. So, not that I don't appreciate the little lesson, why the hell are you telling me all this? Ah, again, to the point. I promised you I would find a way to direct your investigations, and I have something that might help. Yeah, about that. I don't know why you think I know people who would know about this kind of thing. People? Who is talking people? I never said people. You said... Okay, wait, I I'm lost here. What did you... You are good with computers, yes? Good with... Well, I use computers, yes. I'm an online player. So you can do... Uh, how do you say it? Uh, hacking, yes? No, that's not what I do. Not at all. Where the hell did you get the idea that I was some kind of computer hacker? The situation you find yourself in with the online sites. Multiple user accounts, covering your tracks... These are not ordinary user activities. Oh, okay, so I can, I can make my way around a system occasionally if the need arises, but that doesn't make me some genius hacker, especially since, hello, I got caught. Remember that little detail? We do not have time to argue details. I have learned the investors have a particular interest in someone staying in a suite at the Lion Majestic. I hear them refer to a money man. But that is all I have learned. So is this money man the one with, I presume, the money? It would seem logic logical. You go on to the computer to find out... Boss, we got a tail. A tail? Ah, yes, I see. It appears my influence with the polizia is not what it once was. I would not have expected them to be driving a Kia, but times change. Wait, the cops are following us? You don't think... I, hey, I didn't tell them anything. <laughs> it would not surprise me if you had. It likely makes small difference. They will have me take the fall for the car bomb, regardless of the truth. 
Your statement would have simply made this easier for them. Well, I'm glad I sweated through that for nothing. In any case, it would appear our time is limited. If, as I suspect, you wish to learn the truth of your friend's death, then our needs would appear to coincide. And if we are both to move forward, what I require your assistance with is merely to... Boss. Boss, you okay? What the hell's going on? Goddamn Hummer just T-boned us, dipwad. How is she? I think she's... Get down, damn it. Doors are armored. Put down your weapons and step away from the vehicle. I'm serious. Don't make me turn this car around. All right, cops got him busy. See if you can get Victoria out the far side. What? Shouldn't we just stay right here? I said we're armored. It don't make us a tank. They keep shooting, and they will get through. Move! You've hardly said three words to me that weren't accompanied by a fist, and now you're giving me orders? I haven't needed more than that to deal with a lowlife like you. Get wise. We have our roles. Both know who and what we are. Right now, you want even a chance of seeing tomorrow. You will get moving and help Victoria. Some reason, she wants you in one piece. But if she's out of the picture, ain't nothing keeping me... Okay, okay, I read you. Oh, come on, Victoria. Can you help me out a bit? Crick, I can't get... Here, let me get her. Here, get her behind that dumpster. Damn it, you spotted us. Looks like that one's using a full-auto Glock, an 18. More likely a converted 19. I appreciate your expertise, but how on earth is that relevant right now? Guy's either an amateur or an idiot. Glock's easy for concealed carry, especially the 19, but he's using it one-handed. On full auto, accuracy is trash. Oh, well that makes me feel so much better. And limited mag capacity. Way he's using it, firing full auto, not short burst, means... Additional units are closing. I repeat, put down your weapon and step back. It's only fun until someone loses it. All right, he's out. Now, move! Right, come on, down the alleyway. Boss, Victoria, can you walk? We need to move. Yes! Yes, I think. Good enough. Come on! Uh. Okay. I'm willing... I'm willing to accept someone's trying to kill you. This... This is not an everyday event for me. I bet you say that to all the boys. Take it easy, boss. Here, I think we're clear. Hey, you! Taxi! Watch it, buddy. I almost hit you. I can't just stop on the streets against the law. Get yeah, to here's a 50. Today, you're making an exception. Where are we? There's no we. I'm taking Victoria somewhere safe. Adios, poker boy. What? Where the hell am I? Not my problem. Brought enough crap down on us already. Hasta lasagna. No! I need... I need to tell... Wait a minute! How am I supposed to find you if... Perfect. Oh, no, you don't. Let's see you fit in here. Okay. Okay. It looked like I'd gotten away from whoever was in that SUV. At least for the moment. But after all that, I was sure the cops would want to talk to me again. Damned if I was going to make it easy for them. That crap the cops tell you about not leaving town is just that. Crap. It may look suspicious, but hell, they already suspected me of 
Well, you name it. But let them come find me in L.A. They want to talk to me more. Of course, I had to get out of town quietly. Hard to do when your car's a cinder. I suppose Victoria still expected me to look into her mysterious money man. But I couldn't exactly do that dead, now could I? So out of town it was. And to do that, much as I hated the idea, I'd have to call in a certain little snake. But a snake who owed me. Imagine my surprise when the snake actually answered. Peeps, yeah, it's Jimmy. Look, you want to work out a little extension on your debt? I figured as how Peeps owed me a hefty chunk of change and wasn't any too likely to pay it back soon. I could at least get a ride out of state. Maybe not the whole way, but if she could get me as far as Barstow, I could catch a bus from there, off everyone's radar. I'd have to chance going back into the limelight, but at least now Victoria didn't seem to have it out for me. If I moved quickly, I'd be able to grab the rest of my stuff from my room and be on my way. Had Peeps wait at a gas station a block down on Reno Avenue. So far, things were going in my favor for a change. Please tell me that's everything. I do not want to be sitting out here any longer than necessary. Attendants been giving me dirty looks for the past ten minutes. Relax, peeps. Nobody's after you. That you know of. And besides, if people are after you, then I'm next. Did anyone see you? Well, I'm not invisible, so yeah, people saw me. But it didn't look like anyone was paying me particular attention. Nobody that worried me at all. So, she's not someone to worry about. She who? That skinny girl in the long coat, head wrap, and oversized sunglasses trying hard to hide in that clump of trees and very clearly following you. What? But I didn't... Wait, hang on a second. What? What? Hang on. No, hang on. Go now. Jimmy! Amber? Amber, is that you? Shh. Come here. Hey, are you all right? You kind of ran off pretty quickly back there. Still, looks like you might have been right to run from the guys in that SUV. Pretty sure they came at me right after... Can you help me? Me? What do you... Will promised to help, and he's gone. And you're the only one I know I think he trusted. I mean, he was willing to help you when those guys were chasing you up at the hotel before. I don't know why I went back there, but then I saw you. I don't know where else to go. Uh, Yeah, yeah. If Will promised to help, I'll help. I owe him that much, at least. What's going on? Who who are those guys? What do they want? Why are... Jimmy, come on! Just a minute! Sorry about that. That's just peeps. She... Well, you don't need to worry about her, in any case. Okay, I was going a little fast. Force a habit. What is it that you need? Look... I mostly perform at the cabaret show at the Lion Majestic, Bonanza. It's a nice show. Nice, yeah, but unless you're a featured performer, it doesn't exactly pay the rent. So as an off nights, I also dance over at the Emerald Club. You know it? I know of it. Haven't actually been in there myself. Now's not the time to start getting prudish, Jimmy. Not in this town. Not if we're going to get anywhere. No, I... uh, Look, just go on. Okay, so a couple nights back, I'm dancing for this guy. Big guy. Business suit. Had one of those earpiece things in. Well, he had it on, but it wasn't in his ear at the time. So maybe a cop or security. Anyway, the guy's hammered. But not, you know, handsy or anything. Just talking a lot. Says something about staying at the Lion Majestic, watching over some money man. Wait, a a money man at the Majestic? Didn't I just say that? Anyway, this guy's going on about someone screwing up big time. And he has to go out and take care of something. How it's not in his job description, but he doesn't have a choice. So this money man's making him do something bad? I don't think the money man was making him do it. More like more like they were keeping a lid on the money man, and something was going to blow it. Weird. I know, right? I mean, a little TMI. I got the feeling that's why he was drinking so much. Building up the nerve to do whatever. Or maybe he was, like, feeling guilty about something. I didn't like 
like the idea of him driving in that state, but if he really was a cop... Not a whole lot you could do about it. Right! But then, when he tips me, he's fumbling around in his wallet, and afterward I notice this piece of paper got mixed up with the bills. Is this it? Roach? Bunch of numbers? Joshua. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So I don't make a big deal out of it. Maybe I should have left it with the house in case he came back, but I really didn't think anything of it. It's a piece of paper, right? Right. So then last night, I'm doing the regular Bonanza show with the lion, and I see this guy again. Only he's with a bunch of other guys in suits. Up close so we could see him. And he sees me. I mean, I'm up there with a bunch of other girls, costumes and all. Whole point is for us to look the same. But I still know he sees me. Me, personally. So he sees you. Do you think he remembered you? He just had this panicked look. Well, more panicked and determined at the same time. Like, he'd have run right up and grabbed me if I hadn't been in the middle of the show. That's scary. Yes, yeah, scary as hell. So as soon as we finish the show, I throw on my clothes, sneak out, come over to the limelight. Will's always had a good head on his shoulders. I figured he could help me figure out what to do. He had me hide out in the back office, and he was going to look around, come back and get me after his shift. But then he... Yeah. I think they were after me. And maybe they killed him to get to me. I saw the police taking you and went down there, thinking maybe you might know something. But then that SUV drove up and I just knew it was them and I panicked. Probably the right thing to do. Panic isn't always a bad thing. And look, we're talking now. But listen, Amber, I don't think they were after you. I think they might be after me, or at least some of the people I'm involved with. Tick-tock, tick-tock, Jimmy! In a minute, peeps! So what do I do? I can't go to the cops. If those guys are... Yeah, I get it. Look... I'm heading out of town. Is there somewhere we can take you? Somewhere safe? I don't know anywhere safe. By now they could have found out where I live. Okay, hang on a sec. Just wait here. Let me see what we can do. About damn time. Look, peeps. This girl Amber needs help. Might be connected with all the crap that's going on with me, Will, everything. You know, somewhere we can drop her off? Somewhere safe? If I knew safe, you think I'd be hanging around with you? I would be miles away, sipping a nice cold... Who the hell is that goddamn secret agent-looking guy? Did he just... I don't know! Damn it, he's got a buddy. He's got a gun. He's coming after us! Drive! Drive! Don't have to tell me twice! Jesus, did that guy just kill him? I don't know, man. I don't know. Can we, uh... Can we loop back around, see if Amber's okay? Not without going right back into their waiting arms. Damn it! Oh, this is... This is just getting way too intense for me. Okay, that's it. We're out. You've been listening to Jabberwocky Audio Theatre. Tonight's production, Quorum, The Gambler's Tale, Outstanding Debts, Episode 4 of 10. Produced by Jabberwocky Audio Theatre in association with WERALP, Radio Arlington, 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. Featured in the cast were Cameron McNary as Jimmy Harmon, Lydia Craniotis as Victoria Salkovich, Christopher Walker as Wilmer Crick, Nick DePinto as Detective Ben Marshall, Yasmin Twizan as Peeps, and Amy Tiber as Amber. With additional voices by Anna Coughlin and William R. Coughlin. Recorded at Arlington Independent Media with supplemental recording at Tohu Bohu Productions in Burke, Virginia. Music by Brooks Tegler. 
For specific music information, see our show notes at jabberaudio.com. This week's episode was produced by Bjorn Munson and written and directed by William R. Coughlin. For all the latest episodes and information on Jabberwocky Audio Theatre, visit jabberaudio.com. If you're enjoying Clarum and the other yarns we spin at Jabberwocky Audio Theatre, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast provider of choice. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash teamjabberwocky for exclusive content and to help us continue to bring you further tales of mysterious suspense and high adventure. Until next time, this is Marsha Renz saying thanks for listening and tune in next week for the next episode of Quorum, The Gambler's Tale. Flop is five of hearts, four of diamonds, and five of diamonds. And here's the turn, five of clubs. Finally, the river is ace of diamonds. Hast thou slain the Jabberwock?